1: Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed? Can I make my side softer? Can I make my side firmer whenever I want? Can, Can we sleep, sleep cooler? Sleep Number does that, cools up to eight times faster, and lets you choose your ideal comfort on either side. 94% of Sleep Number smart sleepers report better sleep. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.
2: For 40 years, viewers in New Orleans have tuned in and watched Margaret Orr deliver their forecasts on their local news, eventually becoming her station's chief meteorologist in 2009. Throughout her career, she's covered numerous landmark weather events in Southeast Louisiana and earned her viewers' trust not only as a meteorologist, but also with her efforts to give back to the community she calls home. Here to discuss her career, her passions, and the uniqueness that is the city of New Orleans. We're joined with Margaret herself here today. Margaret, welcome to the Weather Geeks podcast.
3: Oh, Jen, thank you for asking me. This is a big deal. I feel we, honored. We are
2: honored. This is a very big deal. We're very happy to have you here. And for the listeners, I'm meteorologist Jen Carfagno from The Weather Channel. Marshall Shepard, Dr. Marshall Shepard from the University of Georgia, often hosts this podcast. But occasionally I get the chance to do it, and I feel very lucky to have this opportunity to talk with you today, Margaret. So first question, ev- well,
3: go ahead. You know- I've just got to say, it's great to see female meteorologists. So I'm really delighted to be talking We're going to actually
2: dig into that whole whole thing. But first question that we ask every single guest on the Weather Geeks podcast is, how did you become a weather geek? What inspired you?
3: (laughs) So many things. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Growing up in New Orleans, we have weather. And I mean, we've got a whole lot of weather, but from childhood, I can remember December 31st, 1963, waking up and having snow on the ground. It was like four inches of snow. Now, you know, it doesn't snow a lot here in New Orleans. We do get snow events though, but it was that snow, everything froze, we lost our palm trees. It was a huge deal. and I can remember going to a friend's house and we went up she had a third floor and we went up on the third floor onto the roof and we made snowballs and it was just magical you know that was huge yeah. <laughs> back then that was 1963 yeah I am that old and then you know growing up here I can remember sitting on the front step we call it the stoop here in New Orleans with my mother and every afternoon in the summer at three o'clock, it would rain, at least that's what it seemed like to me. And, you know, I'd wonder mm-hmm. why. And then in 1965, okay, think fast, Jen, what happened in 1965 in oh,
2: New We had a, a hurricane, easy. <laughs> hurricane, Betsy, yes.
3: Yeah. Hurricane Betsy. Hurricane Betsy was mm-hmm. devastating. Okay, Um, I can remember helping my father prepare for the hurricane, you know, putting boards on things. Uh, He'd go up on the roof. We had a sailboat. He had to go uh, take care of that. But that hurricane hit and our house was doing this. Um, The rain was coming down. The wind was howling. Betsy was actually stronger than Katrina in New Orleans. Okay, Our, um, I'll get to that in a second. All of a sudden, everything stopped. And I went, is it over? Are we done? And he went, no, we're in the eye. Now we didn't have the weather channel back then. Okay, Jen, I didn't know what the eye was. And I went, what's an eye? And he said, I'll show you. So we went outside. And New Orleans is famous for the air that feels like a warm, wet blanket. (laughs) That's what it felt like. The wind wasn't blowing, it wasn't raining. And I looked up and I could see the stars. And truly, I was amazed. I mean, this was amazing. And dad said, come on, we gotta go back in. And I went, why? Why would you go in when we've got this? And he said, because it's gonna start again. And so we ran inside and sure enough, it was even worse. And um, he ended up opening the doors and the windows, which of course you're not supposed we to do. Now uh, He was a civil engineer. Yeah, we didn't know that. It was like, let the wind blow through. And the reason you don't open anything up is that the air then goes up and can take off the roof. And we did lose part of the roof. Um, We, I can remember waking up after it was over and looking up and seeing the stars. Oh, wow. Wow. that down. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. We were without power for a long, 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 long time. And it was hot, you know, as you can imagine. Now, a friend of mine's father was a doctor and had a boat, and he went into the Ninth Ward to rescue people who were on the rooftops. Um, The levees broke, the water came in, though we did not have the levee protection system we have now, and um, people died. But he pulled people off the rooftops, brought them to safety, and he is the one who told me the people who lived were the ones who had an ax in the attic. That always stuck with me and I'm not quite sure how to turn that down. Uh, Can you hear me okay?
2: Yeah, I don't hear anything else
3: but you. So um, I learned that you keep an ax in the attic if you're gonna stay during a terrible hurricane so that you can get up on the roof. After Betsy, Uh, we began the hurricane levee protection system, and that's the levee system that we have now, which held pretty much, depending on the hurricanes, until Katrina, and then we had all of those failures and flooded, though Katrina was not as strong as Betsy. And it's all about the placement. Katrina went to the mouth of the river And then kind of north, northeast towards Slidell and Purlington, the Mississippi Gulf Coast, whereas Betsy went right on top of New Orleans. And that's how I could stand in the eye. It was more to the west. So we had more of the stronger winds and the stronger winds with Katrina were at the mouth of the river and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. But those were the major impacts for me getting into urology but there's something else do you want to hear what that is (laughs) so my grandfather was a rancher in texas and he was always praying for rain and then praying it would stop so that had an impact on me and um One summer I was in school, in college, and I always worked every summer and didn't have anything to do. And I got a job in a television station in Waco, KWTX. And I loved television. Jen, I just, I went, this is it. This is what I want to do. And from then on, I dedicated myself to meteor, meteorology and television and radio writing though it wasn't later it wasn't until later when I had three young children that I actually went back to school to Mississippi ah. state and went through their meteorology program I see. So that's how I got. Yes,
2: that's that's a fantastic story, and it's so interesting how so much of what you first learned about meteorology was through storytelling, right? Your dad, your grandfather—they, you know, how did they know other than the stories that were passed on to them about how the weather worked, being in the eye? How how there's not many eyes of a hurricane that you really get the opportunity to go through, so it's truly those stories that are passed down.
1: Yeah.
3: And we had Zeta too, but wait, I've got another story for you. And as people who know me know this story, my great grandmother was pregnant with my grandfather. And during the hurricane of 1900, mm-hmm. which hit Galveston, they were just along the coast, not in Galveston. And her father tied her to an oak tree. And she survived the hurricane of 1900 and had my grandfather four days later. So the story- You know, need to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, when I retire, which uh, is next year, I'm, I'm going to do that. But um, she told my grandfather and my father these horrific stories of being up in that tree and seeing everything that you can imagine go beneath her um, yeah which I won't yeah. even say but it was horrific and my my father has always been terrified of hurricanes because of what his grandmother went yeah. through i was not i you, don't know why i was they you were just curious fascinated by it. and yeah and I mean, they were amazing. They were just, now I don't wish them on anybody. I don't want them to come. Hurricane season stresses me now because we've seen so much. But my favorite time of the year is the end of October. And as spring approaches, I start getting stress because there is so much we have to do. And, you know, frankly, my people have been hurt, you know. By all of the hurricanes. Oh that yes,
2: we've had. yeah, and it's it's been a busy so. couple years recently in Louisiana for sure. Before we get too far, I want to run yeah. down some of your background for our, our listeners, um, because as you mentioned, you know you've been with uh, in news for quite a while, but you joined WDSU News in 1979 as a general assignment reporter, right? And then in 2009, you began forecasting weather for the five, six, and ten news. Uh, after many years on the morning news, so he switched time clocks, right? And weather, I did weather. Yes, back okay, then you too. did weather the whole time. Yeah, uh, you were co-host of Breakfast Edition with Bill Stanley, then later uh, co-host of the World's Fair Show with Alec Gifford.
3: Yes. That was so much fun. And the fun. telethon, you co-hosted the so Children's wait, Hospital Telethon with
2: Norman Robinson, raising millions right. of dollars for children's hospitals. Some wonderful things here. You have- graduated from Louise S. McGee yeah. uh, High School. Did I say that right? mcgee Yes, yes, yes. you yes. did. I'm impressed. Um, and Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge. Uh, and then, of course, Mississippi what? State, uh, as you mentioned, for meteorology. Yeah. And you are a member of both the American Meteorological Society, the National Weather Association, you have seals of approval from both, and you've won first place awards from the Associated yeah. Press and the New Orleans Press Club for breaking weather. And,
3: and, and least <laughs> don't forget. Yes, movies. it truly
2: and, is an honor to, uh, we to just have got you with, with us on this Weather of. Geeks. And you know, one thing that I did want to delve into before we get too far into this is women in meteorology. And you know, you started yes. your career at a time where there was many less than there are today. And even today, there's, there's not many. A recent study by the AMS put the number of female television forecasters at less than 30% and chief, female chief meteorologist, which you are one, at only 8%. So let's talk about that experience coming up right. through
3: the ranks that way. So when I started, there was no weather channel. Um, I did not have any role models. There were no internship programs. I learned while I was on the air. Um, And can I just tell you how different it was? Or do you want to say that? No, 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 go go into it, yeah. How, wait. (laughs) So when I first started, the radar was in another room. I couldn't even see it until it was on the air satellites were sent every hour pictures, which we would then tape to cardboard and put on a tripod and I had a pointer and I would point to different areas on the satellite. Forget about having time lapses, that just didn't happen. I had a board where I would update the temperatures They were cardboard numbers that I would put up on this board. And um, I had a plexiglass screen where I would draw my maps. And when I first started, you know, remember, I had no experience. Nobody trained me. The first time I went on the weather was the first time truly doing the weather. So um, my knees were shaking, but my voice didn't crack, so I went, okay, I can do this. That's powerful. That's very powerful. <laughs> um, that was in Charleston, South Carolina, was where I first started weather. And then I did weather in Baton Rouge at WBRZ. Yeah, I've been doing this for a while. And then I came to New Orleans, which is my hometown, and which is where I wanted to be. and you know, there's nothing quite like um, being with your people, you know? I went to school here, I grew up here, um, have been going to Jazz Fest all of my life and Greek Fest and, you know, it's just, we have so much that is unique here, that is truly wonderful here. So yeah, I grew up here, but I had no role models. So let's fast forward. And I did start getting interns. And I've got to tell you about one intern who is a chief, and that's in Nashville. Um, Bree Smith. Yes, yes, do you know I do
2: Bree? know
3: Brie, yes. I love Bree. She emailed me. She emailed all of the um, meteorologists in town and I responded to her. No one else did. <laughs> and she wanted to get together. And I said, sure. And uh, we finally did get together and I went, Brie, you've got it. You can do this. And so she came and interned with me. We got um, a a tape together for her. I heard there was an opening in Baton Rouge, called the news director, told them, you've got to hire this person. She's amazing. And they did. Um, So... One of the things I did, my mother always taught me, you've got to have a nutshell wardrobe. So I took her shopping at Steinmark and got her just a nutshell, didn't spend a ton of money, but helped her with that. Because when you're first starting out, you don't have any money and you're not making much money. And I had enough that I could do that. And so I think as women we have to do more to help other women. I think more is demanded of us. Um, it took me a long time to move up and that was okay. I really like my chief, um, but I was moved up a couple of times and then they went, no, we're, we're going with the main man, you know? So we need to do what we can to help others, not to be competitive, um, to bring people up, to share your wisdom. Though in a way I have learned this hard truth, it's hard to give constructive criticism because sometimes people get their feelings hurt and they only remember that and they don't always remember the good. So you have to be careful in how you say things. So that's mm. just, you know, a bit of knowledge, yeah. but we, we have to help each other. Um, yeah, it's a competitive business, but we got to bring yeah. people up. We when. If I received help, I have to make sure that I pass on that help. It's so important. Oh, it really is. I'm
2: I'm learning that um, I'm, I'm- both edges of my career, really. People above me, I've learned so much from, yeah. I'm so grateful from. I just celebrated my 25th anniversary at the Weather Channel actually last week. And um, and it's really just been the last couple of years where I realized that I'm actually one of those people that have to impart that knowledge on to the next crew that is coming up. And you do. it's, it's, you it's do. a big, it's important so, responsibility Jenna,
3: actually. It is. And I've got to tell you this, when you first started, I remember you, and I thought she's great. She has got it. So I, I remember when you first started, and I'm so happy to see where yeah, you are Yeah, Thank you today. so
2: much. Um, I love being a part of this whole enterprise because I do think there's a lot of sharing that happens between you know women helping other yes. women further their careers. But across, in, you know, I'm just a weather geek, and I love all of the sharing that goes on when it comes to. Meteorology and information and data and observations. And so we're going to take a quick break, but when we, to, when we come back, I want to talk about okay. um, some of the unique weather events that you've been through besides hurricanes in New Orleans.
4: What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or
2: the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
4: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
3: Go, go. No, no. I was just thinking, I thought we were in a break and I was going, I know, isn't it amazing what we can do today? (laughs) It
2: is. is. So they'll, they'll run an ad right here and then I'll just bring us back in and we'll just keep the conversation going. And we are back on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm meteorologist Jen Carfagno from the Weather Channel. And I'm joined today by Margaret Orr, veteran meteorologist from New Orleans, who you all know and love from there. And we've been talking about women in meteorology and some of the challenges of of being one of the few really in in the industry. But I wanna talk more about forecasting and the challenge that is Louisiana, and we've mentioned hurricanes, of course, but let's talk about some of the, you know, the afternoon thunderstorms, the lightning, the flash flooding, some of those other challenging messages to try to keep people safe. Because I think as a chief, especially, you feel a lot of responsibility for keeping your viewers safe.
3: I think, I, yeah. So I think social media is so important. But we also have to remember not everybody is on social media we had a severe thunderstorm last night in lacombe which is on the north shore and a warning was not issued and i started getting large hail reports and i go this is a severe thunderstorm and messaged the national weather service so we were under no risk for severe storms that we knew a strong storm could develop I'm on vacation, Um, so I'm doing my part on social media, but possibly we needed to do more last night on the air because there are people who are not on social media. Let me tell you, Jen, this uh, Southeast Louisiana is um, crazy with weather. I mean, we get extreme heat. Every now and then we get a freeze, but that's not the real issue. We now not only have hurricanes, we are getting major tornadoes. And so, um, you know, at least with a hurricane, you can see it coming with tornadoes. We really have to go the extra step to warn people and let them know what the risk. But it becomes Okay, you warn them and it doesn't happen, then they don't trust you. So it's, you know, you may have a slight risk for a severe storm. So when do you issue um, a weather alert day or a weather nuisance day? And that's something we've begun to do. Now, uh, March 22nd, 2022, we had issued a weather alert day. And I think it was one of our first. And I don't know if that day rings a bell for you
2: but that's when we had I was in, um I was that's in Lafayette area. actually, I had moved. I was in Baton Rouge at first, I moved to Lafayette right. because of the risk of the severe weather. And then that night we saw what was happening right. in New Orleans. So we made a beeline drive over to New Orleans. And I have to say yeah. every viewer I talked to, they knew thunderstorms were coming and they knew that they could be severe. But what they oh, echoed yeah. was that we don't get tornadoes, we get hurricanes. And so that's something that's ingrained, I think, in, you know, New Orleans residents.
3: So we get tornadoes Mm -hmm. now. Um, I think it began, I think it was March 13th. No, 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 no. February 13th, 2007. We had a tornado that went from the West Bank into um, the Carrollton District and then to the lakefront. And it was in the middle of the night, and I happened to come in early because I knew that risk and was on the air. One of our meteorologists was impacted by that tornado, and it has forever, you know, changed his heart. Uh, But he found his neighbor's chimney in his living room. Uh, All he had time to do was to grab his kids and, you know, get under the bed so that was a major tornado and we did have someone die so that was 2007 um, not quite two years after katrina and an elderly woman was in a mobile home she was smart enough to get out of the home and go into her damaged house and yet she was still killed yeah so you know, you always go what what else could we have done but that was a case of she did everything right and it just happened. Um, And then 2017, also in February, I think that was February 7th, 2017, we had um, an EF3 hit New Orleans East, max winds 150 miles per hour on the ground for uh, 10 miles, just wreaked havoc. That tornado first started over by the airport It lifted and rotated right over my house, right over a lot of different schools. We didn't know, you know, we could see it was rotating it it already caused a tornado. Was it still on the ground? Not quite as much information back then. It dropped down in New Orleans East and just wreaked havoc. No one died. Everyone was listening. We had really warned the public that morning i had gotten up you know i work late i'm here till 11 at least and i was up at eight i looked at the radar and went holy moly we're in trouble called the news director said we're going to have a tornado outbreak uh get everybody in and on board and i got in by i think nine we went on the air and we were on the air non-stop all day and really into the next day it was a devastating tornado, many homes destroyed. That was one. And then um, we had the, seems to me there was another one, but March 22nd, the Arabi tornado, um, 160 mile per hour winds. A young man died. Um, his truck wrapped around a tree. Uh, a young woman died later. The man, and he, Young, precious young man, smart, had everything going for him, had gone home to get Mm -hmm. his dog. And so now I message people that when you know there's going to be severe weather and you're concerned, take your pet with you or put your pet in the safe place in a kennel. In this case, the house was destroyed. There was nothing left, so that would not have worked. But um, you know, I, you know when we know, and that was a weather alert.
2: I, I hear the concern in your voice and the, and the true care for you know for, for your viewers and for your friends and for your family and for your viewers who probably have become like friends and family. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are, and, and you know, you've you've built a lot of trust over the years. What what advice can you give? the rest of us who are, you know, still continuing to build that trust with our viewers, you know, and 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 how can we build the same kind of relationship
3: that you have? So what I would say Jen is to do what you have done. Stay in one place. You build relationships by being in one place. People who move around all the time, the public doesn't know you. Stay in one place. I mean, your network, so Um, people know you everywhere, but for regular meteorologists, you know, who are working in whatever town, stay in one place, find your love where you want to be. We have a wonderful meteorologist here, Lee Southwick. Her home is Jacksonville. She's going to go back home to Jacksonville. And I totally completely understand. I wanted to come back home to New Orleans. So you go where you want to go and you stay there. And then you're involved in the community. You're um, going to all of the community events. You're getting to know people. But social media plays a role, getting to know people that way, responding to all of the people who tweet you or Facebook message you. Um, I'm not as good on Instagram. I, I post, but... You know there's just so much time in the day it's a and then it's your on-air coverage jen it's it's going block by block and letting them know okay the tornado is right here we've got debris here it's heading here next it's going to this block next it's you know you let them know each street where it's going i think when people see you for all of the major events and they know that you care, you become a part of their lives and their community.
2: And certainly all of the the local events and the fundraisers and the community events you've been a part of plays a big role as well. Margaret, we're gonna take another quick break and when we come back, I wanna find out how Or if you ever at all, uncheck from the weather, um, because I know it's pretty much a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year thing. But we'll take this quick break and be right back.
0: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car.
2: on the Weather Geeks podcast. I'm joined today by Margaret Orr. She has been in New Orleans forecasting the weather for more than 40 years. And um, we've had a delightful conversation about women in meteorology the Her hurricane history, which is incredibly dramatic, actually, um, and we've been talking a lot about other kinds of weather that you have in New Orleans. But let's uh, let's talk about how you stop looking at the weather. <laughs> do you ever stop? I mean, it's this is the weather. The weather rarely gives you a break, even um, in the wintertime in New Orleans. So, how do you how do no, you unplug? I don't.
3: I don't. I really don't unplug. Um, you know, I'm on vacation and last night I was tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming because we had uh, that severe thunderstorm. I think that if you are going to um, be a provider of weather, you are always a provider of weather. When I'm on vacation, I am tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming. I give the daily forecast, I send it daily to um, our news team, whether I am on vacation, whether it's a weekend, it doesn't matter. If you're going to do what I do and what a lot of meteorologists do, you're truly never off. Mm-hmm. The I weather mean,
2: never stops. It,
3: it yes. never stops. It never stops. And in New Orleans, we have always got weather. Mm-hmm. You know, golf ball size hail last night. We have always got weather. Yeah. So, what do you do, Jen? Do you unplug? No, I mean, but- aren't you off? We're at home right now.
2: Right. Well, you you're on vacation. Yes. Uh, no, I agree <laughs> with you. And my family um, is very understanding and accepting that I will always be looking at the weather. If we're on vacation, I've always, yeah. you know, got my radar scope up and one app, so at least I can see what's happening. Know, and you know,
3: you that? yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah, you've got young children, don't you? And what? You've got young children, right? Don't well, you? I have
2: a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old, and um, and I think they 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 can appreciate it. I think they they realize <laughs> that while you know I'm never completely disconnected from the weather, it's for a good purpose. And I this is your podcast, but I just to share a story. I, I missed my daughter's 10th birthday party, and um, it was for Hurricane. It was Hurricane Matthew, and uh, her teacher helped her understand that what your mom does is helping. Thousands of other people get to safety. It's an important right. job, and you guys will celebrate another time. And she's thinking of you, and um, and and she and that that was that changed her. I could tell that really she understood exactly right. why I do what I do, not just what I do, but why I do it.
3: It's pretty special. You're a really good role model for your children and for everyone else. You know, yeah, uh, so when you, you have this kind of job, you have a purpose. Yeah. No, I, th- and I think we all do. Is- Um, Yeah, is to keep people safe. Yes. Now, I understand you you have
2: children as well and a dog named Blue. I do want to hear about Blue. So Blue apparently is royalty, king of Barkus. This is a big (laughs) deal when it comes to Mardi Gras.
3: Blue is amazing. Blue is now 14. I hate to admit it. He's becoming hard of hearing. He does not like thunderstorms. Um, We have to you know kind of give him tranquilizers we've tried the thunder shirts we've tried everything and even though he's hard of hearing he still gets so upset i mean he shakes poor darling but yes um so there is the crew of Barkas, which is an it may be the best parade in new orleans it's a dog parade and we parade through the french quarter i am see it um and it was actually The Crew of Barkas was founded at the Margaret Orr Fan Club. So I feel like I have accomplished something in life because (laughs) I've helped start the Crew of Barkas. And, of course, uh, Blue was the king of Barkas, as he should be. Um, And, you know, Blue is just the best dog ever. If you look at my Twitter feed or Facebook feed, you will see... Blue featured almost every day. And oh, by the way, I have done a sunflower house. And if you don't know what that is, you should Google it. So I planted from seed these sunflowers and some of them, I mean, they've got to be like 16 feet tall. I mean, they're over my second floor balcony. They're so tall. It's, it's really cool. So it is an enclosure of sunflowers with the little doors so that my grandchildren can go in.
2: Wow, that is so neat. So, yes, your grandchildren, do they, they do they understand the power of what you do?
3: They're clueless. <laughs> they do know I show weather pictures um, and they have had their weather picture on the air. And um, some of the classes um, do weather pictures from their school and send them to me and I show it. But no, now. I do the radio and one day they were driving home with her mother and um, my weather forecast came on NPR and Anders goes, that's my Meg, you know? But they, you know, my son is kind of unplugged. They don't watch the news, mm-hmm. even though they used to fall asleep watching the Weather Channel when they were kids. You know, they'd sit in front of it, I'd leave the room, and they'd still have the Weather Channel on. So that was funny growing up for them.
2: <laughs> well, uh, J.D., who you know, um, he I guess he did he work with you in at,
3: in New Orleans? No, he didn't, but he was involved with uh, the crew of Barca. So I would see him where I emceed the event. So okay. J.D., yeah, okay. as nice as could be.
2: Well, he is one of the producers on the Weather Geeks team. And so he put together um, the questions for this podcast, and he oh, put together a okay. lightning round. So let's go. No, okay. uh, no, actually, pun intended on that one, since New Orleans has so much lightning. <laughs> but a, just a couple of questions for you. It's okay. a would you rather a shrimp po' boy or roast beef po' boy? Oh, shrimp. Okay. <laughs> I, is that even
3: a New Orleans uh, thing? A roast beef po' boy. Now I've got to tell you, uh, Dama Lee sees does have an incredible roast beef po'boy with a lot of gravy, and you've almost got to wear a raincoat to eat it because it's dripping all over the place. But that, that is amazing. Parkway, though, has an amazing shrimp po'boy. There it's so many good places. It's how do you pick one? But yes, I'll go with
2: shrimp. <laughs> I love this. So now we have some suggestions for food. All right, um, Bacchus or Orpheus when it comes to the Mardi Gras parades?
3: Bacchus or Orpheus. Um, So I've liked both, but can I say Endymion? Yes, (laughs) this is yes, yes. Uh, Endymion works better for me because it's a Saturday. Sunday, Bacchus is awfully late. Orpheus, I'm working. It's a Monday, so it's Endymion.
2: Okay, all right. So purely by scheduling that that you're choosing that because i'm sure it's hard to pick a favorite
3: amazing they're all amazing
2: all right i think this is a harder one french quarter fest
3: or jazz fest oh jazz fest oh that's not i'm sorry yeah yeah jazz fest is by far my favorite i drove by the first jazz fest it was a hot day it was over at armstrong park and my friend and i we were both teenagers when Oh, it's kind of hot. Maybe we won't go. But I've been to almost all Jazz Fest, rain or shine. I have danced in the mud. Uh, yeah, I'm a Jazz Fest girl. I love French Quarter Fest, but I'm a Jazz Fest girl.
2: It's on my bucket list. They both are, but I'll do Jazz Jazz do Fest that. first. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, two more. Uh, your favorite snowball flavor. And I don't even know what a snowball is.
3: What? <laughs> So I mean as a kid I liked lemonade. So a snowball is crushed ice with a flavor on it. Okay. Except in New Orleans, we do a very fine crushed ice. So it's not a typical snowball. It's a better snowball. It's like a shaved ice. Some people put con- Oh yeah. Um some people put condensed milk on it or ice cream on it. I'm more of a traditionalist. And I do like pink lemonade, but I've got to tell you, I've been known to put coffee on it. So hmm. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. yeah.
2: As, as we all do in this business. I'm sure you to
3: do too. In this business, yes.
2: we're uh, always drinking coffee. That's what I would. I would try the coffee as well. All right. Last one. Etouffee or jambalaya?
3: Mm, now that's the only hard question. Etouffee. <laughs> or jambalaya, crawfish pie, jambalaya, filet gumbo. That's a song. Um, etouffee or jambalaya. I think jambalaya, but that's hard because yeah. I do like a good etouffee. I can cook both. My son has actually won a competition for his jambalaya and I'd eat that any day of the week. That's really good.
2: Jambalaya, it is, I love it. Uh, this is fun. Margaret or thank you so much for spending your day off uh, afternoon with me talking on the Weather Geeks podcast. I sincerely appreciate it.
3: And Jen, I have loved visiting with you. Again, I've watched you for over 20 years and I was so excited when you first started. I went, this woman has it.
2: Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. How can people best reach you or follow you on social media?
3: Oh, on Twitter, I'm at Margaret Orr, and I see Twitter more than I do Facebook. I mean, you can respond to something I've posted, but if you send messages, I may not see it because I there's so many. But Twitter is the best, at Margaret Orr, and I'm also on Instagram for Facebook, it's uh, WDSU. Uh, Chief Meteorologist, Margaret Orr, or maybe Margaret Orr, WDSU Chief Meteorologist. I'd have to look and see. What am okay. I? <laughs> let no, us see. Here we, I am. Um, Margaret Orr, WDSU Chief Meteorologist.
2: I never know my exact, exact handle either. I know, yeah.
3: right? <laughs>
2: Well, again, it was a pleasure having you and congrats on your career and thank you from all of us coming behind you. Thank you so much for paving the way and and for sharing everything that you've learned with us. Uh, Have a good afternoon. And to our listeners here on the Weather Geeks podcast, thank you and we will see you next time.